uh, ice seminar? What's this say? I can't read it. Itch Manners. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions, hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, it's a house full of chaos. We're joined in the studio by special guest, uh, B.B. Lee McElroy. She's uh, watching... She's going to be a silence. Yeah, yes. she's watching Daniel Tiger with her headphones on, and hopefully she'll be chill. And outside the studio, we have two special guests, uh, Buttercup McElroy and Lily McElroy, who hopefully won't bark too much. It's just a house full Saturday morning chaos. Sorry this episode's late, but you know, life, life. And we're doing it. And, and we're, we're living it. We're living it, we're achieving it, and we're <laughs> believing it. This is it. It's all coming together. Yeah. Therese, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. How's your handwriting? Um, You know, I feel like my handwriting has suffered in the last few years. Mm. Whereas when I was diligently writing, you know, s- stuff, uh, it was a lot better. So I, I, I'm going to say I'm out of practice, but I like my handwriting. Um, I, so... I, much like my manners, I have my everyday handwriting and my formal handwriting. And I've bragged about this on my brother, my brother, me before, and I'll brag about it again. I could still write the whole alphabet in cursive. And oh, I'm pretty proud of that. 35, I'm just saying. But normally, um, and you've seen my handwriting, I write in all caps, uh, print, letters, usually with a Sharpie. Because yep. <laughs> I'm a very bold, <laughs> dynamic, and loud human being. It's true. And it and transfers to my writing. But, um, you know what's interesting about my handwriting? It looks very much like my mother's, mm. even though she is left-handed. Oh, but did you learn, like, did would your mom, like, write a letter and then hand you the pet? You told me the other day that you learned on a magna doodle. Yes, I used to. I am terrible at spelling um, because I am a phonetic speller, but English is not a phonetic language. No. <laughs> so in order to learn my spelling words... I would use a magna doodle, mm. and so I could just write the words over and over and over and over, and train my hand how to write them. See, so this is interesting, right? Because I, I feel like that's also how I used to learn my lines. Too. Oh yeah, writing uh, them out, writing them out well, see, over and over and over again. I, I am, I, I, I am one of those people that like really took to spelling. I'm pretty good at it when I'm thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like handwriting was something that took me forever and ever and ever. Maybe that's why I can still remember how to do it because I had to really like drill it in because I remember thinking like, this is dumb. <laughs> like, why do I need this? Because that's the thing. So our, our generation is a very transitional generation in a lot of ways. But one of those ways was uh, computers being used in schools. Right. Like I, I remember, you know, in like fourth grade, Doing like Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Oh and that man, being, I was oh, so hi, BB. bad at that. BB just brought me my tennis shoes for some reason. Thank you, BB. Okay, great. I was so bad at that. I think that's the only class I ever failed. A oh, D, was a ma- D was failure. By my the way. okay. Listen, here's a little behind the scenes, and we'll get to talk about handwriting in a second. I promise. But for some reason, at our school, 
the the computers had like two programs on them. Mavis Beacon teaches typing and Sims Hotel. Oh no. Like so I whenever the teacher wasn't looking, I would just like alt tab or over or whatever and play Sims Hotel until she walked back by and I would switch it back real quick. I like I wasn't paying attention to Mavis Beacon teaches typing at all. <laughs> and so still to this day I hunt and peck type. But yeah. so handwriting. Handwriting. I okay. assume the history of handwriting goes back a good long way. Indeed. Um so the Romans were among the first to develop a written script for things like transaction and correspondence. Yeah, this is the thing. I think we maybe have talked about this before, but like famously, uh, if I remember correctly, they like developed it to keep receipts of paying yeah. soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things like that. Because they had, I don't know if you know this, the Romans, pretty big army. Pretty big. Um, and they borrowed uh, sort of from a lot of different uh, people's alphabets, mainly the Etruscans. Okay, yeah. Well, if you're going to borrow, borrow I mean, from the best, you exactly. know. Exactly. Um, so it's it's kind of interesting that in my experience we learn printing before we learn cursive because uh-huh. intuitively it should be the other way around. In fact, it was the way that historically speaking you did cursive first. Now, why Why you say that in, in intuitive? Why? Well, because the early versions of both lowercase letters uh, and, you know, and numbers looked a lot more like cursive. Mm. So you can think about how historically it evolved that way. I and see. why would you teach it the other way? We'll continue. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So after the Roman Empire fell, uh, penmanship became more of a specialized discipline. Okay. Um, and it was primarily for the monks, right? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean. Because they were in charge of, like, copying things and making books and stuff. And I know that we tend to think of the Middle Ages as kind of this backwards time, but the demand for books really increased during the Middle Ages. I uh, So, as I understand it, and um, I have, at this point in my life, 35 years old, negative knowledge of history. Like, uh, okay. I have uh, what my my actual knowledge of history has been replaced by watching too many TV shows and books and stuff that I don't know what's true. And there are dragons, right? Anyways, um, <laughs> but I would be willing to bet that a lot of the problem was lack of uh, spreading of information. Yes. That it was like the people Definitely. who had books were the very, very rich. And like, they had a lot of books. Royalty and stuff. And there weren't like libraries and schools and stuff that everybody was going to. I mean, basically the only place to get books was from monks. Um, and if you weren't rich, you couldn't get them. Yes. Um, but it very the style of handwriting, even spelling, really varied a lot by region. Um, So in the late 8th century, Charlemagne tasked an English monk with standardizing it, right? Um, So what they decided was it was heavily influenced by Roman characters, but it's called Carolinian minuscule. 
Okay. Um, and it was designed for maximum legibility and featured lowercase letters. Maximum legibility. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh, Watch okay. these monks write in Carolinian minuscule. Maximum. You'll pay for the whole page, but you'll only use the first two lines. Sorry, go on. You were you what you were saying something? It featured lowercase letters, word separation, and punctuation. Uh, which again, because of the highly stylized nature, sometimes the words weren't even separated. You this know is, what I mean? This is something I remember uh oddly that has stuck in my mind from church like Bible study stuff and everything, that for a long time monks to conserve space it would all just be like one whole line you know everything all the letter and then you would have to like go through and like put hash marks between each word mm-hmm. but like you would do that as the reader yeah. it was it was not it, it's interesting to think about that these sometimes these were not done with the idea of like that they would be read it was just like we're well we're writing this down for future posterity this isn't like i'm writing a book to publish it wasn't and, about ease of reading. right 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 sure. right yeah this is like you're gonna sit down and you're gonna like pour over this and study it and stuff this isn't like yeah you know what i'm gonna sit in a hammock and read this monk book um so by the 1700s elegant handwriting really became a status symbol um and this is when uh penmanship schools really started to to flourish now let me ask you, flourish huh good uh, now i have a question for you because this is uh one of the questions we got a lot when i put the call out uh, and in some form people asked a lot like why is traditionally like good penmanship considered like feminine well i wouldn't say it's considered feminine i would say that there when when penmanship was was highly valued there was a difference between what was considered feminine script and masculine script. So um, usually uh, the the masculine side was more kind of like heavier. It was the loops were fatter, you know, kind of okay. like taking up more space, whereas women's words were kind of more intricate and shaded and so well, man if that isn't just a great metaphor huh so like when you looked at someone's handwriting you were analyzing them for how much time it would take right because if you were say a woman of leisure you could go back over your handwriting and shade the things that were appropriate, right? That meant that you had a lot of time. So, like, bold? Like, you can make them bold, right? You would, well, like, bold about, script? think about calligraphy. Um, like, where one side of the, the letter is darker and thicker oh, right, right, right. than the other side. That going back and shading... Because you can do a little bit of that with a pen, right? right? You can make it a thin or a thick line. Depending on pressure, yeah. Right. But if you have to go back and make it even thicker, that shows that you have a lot of time on your hands. Now, was it about bragging about how much time you had? Or was it showing, like, this mattered to me, so I put time into it? Um, It was at this time in history, it was more about social status. Yeah. And also um, different uh, different professions had different writing styles okay 
Um, so if you were a lawyer, you would write one way. If you were a, a merchant, you would write another way. So it wasn't just about, um, you know, how much leisure time you had, but also what your job was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so then at this point, so I've jumped all the way up to like colonial America. At I've this heard point. of it. Yes, I'm familiar. Mm-hmm. And Colonial Williamsburg, yes, uh yes. mm -hmm. Reading and writing were very heavily separated at this point. Um, Reading was basically measured in can you read the Bible out loud? Not can you understand what you've read or does it, you know, does this read well? Does this make sense? Doesn't, doesn't matter. Can you read the Bible out loud? Uh Yes, then you're a good reader. Ah, okay, cool. Right? Uh, Same thing with writing. Can you make this word look like my word? So it was more about, it was less about comprehension and more about just like duplication in both cases. Sure, sure. And penmanship was more like, when you think about um, the quote, old masters artists, Mm -hmm. right? And what would usually happen is, you have an old master painting and you are charged with copying the old master, right? Yeah. So it was the same thing with handwriting. You were given a copybook, a workbook, and if you could duplicate what it looked like, you had good handwriting. That's interesting cuz like it it I it seems to make sense right up until I think about the idea of like if that's all you're doing, then like how tricky must it be if you are trying to write a word you've never seen before mm-hmm. or if you're trying to read a word you've never seen before and you're like uh okay wait give me a minute <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean as opposed to learning how all the pieces fit together and why mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. just learning like if you see this it's this yeah rote memorization right basically um so then going back to the idea of different styles of penmanship um Let's discuss print and cursive. Yes, please. Uh, so, is it true that you have to write checks in cursive? No. Oh. <laughs> but what about just the money? The money part. See, BB agrees with me. So these different hands were developed, and I. It's not just about print versus cursive, although it is kind of. So when you print something. It's harder to make them all connect, right? So it's kind of a, it's a blockier thing. Bop, 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 bop. It's very staccato. Yeah. Staccato jazz. That goes back to the pieces of type in the printing press, right? And also this kind of uh, monastic hand, the gothic look, right? Yes. The Tim Burton-esque writing. Sure. And then the other hand would be the cursive, right? Which in its in its developing stage, was known as the Italian or Italic hand. (gasps) Whoa! I know. Now, see, you have made a point to me now that I've made a connection because of the thing you said, because you are very illuminating. Then, I've never thought about it before, but if you're good at it, because it all connects and everything, it's probably faster to write in cursive. It is faster to write in cursive. That's why a lot of shorthands are based on cursive letters. And, um... That is generally why people wrote in cursive anyway. Like your 
the hand, and this is so hard because the, the name of the hand and the hand, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. A person's hand attached to their arm works faster when you don't have to lift up the pen. That makes complete sense. So the italic or Italian hand is faster because you're you're connecting the letters. And let's be honest, folks. If you've ever written in cursive for a big one, you skip some letters. You know? You have those certain <laughs> you have those letters like the where M and the N that they are connect to the top, you know? <laughs> like like a P, you know how a P loops at the top or like a U uh loops there's a V. Yeah, a V connects to the top. You would skip some letters in there, right? And I'm reading it, I'm like, I get it, right? I get this. Where if you were doing it in print, I'd be like, You left out three letters. It's fine. I'm just saying you could skip some letters. So I wanna talk about uh after after the break, we'll be back with thank you notes. Cursive. <gasps> Teresa, uh, we want to write a thank you note this week to ModCloth, but can you tell me a little bit about ModCloth? Well, at ModCloth, there's no such thing as an ordinary outfit. They're crafted by a team of in-house designers. They have signature styles, which include hand-drawn prints and standout silhouettes in an inclusive size range. That's nice. Now, I love ModCloth because they have, uh, on their website, they have a little drop-down menu, and you can go to Vintage Inspired. I love those designs, and this spring and summer, florals are everywhere i love the vintage inspired florals the great stripes as well and um it all feels very very fresh and and still very old (laughs) and stylistically interesting that's one of the things i really like about mod cloth is it's not cookie cutter they're like bold not just patterns but also like different cuts and different styles to Mm -hmm. match a lot of different like personalities you know sometimes like you go to a website and you're like this is the same shirt just in like a different print and you know what if you're into that that's fine but if you're like well i i need to like hunt through you know thrift shops and vintage stores in in order to find what i really want maybe try mod cloth yeah maybe see if they've got what you need and um, if you are not sample size, this is a great place to go because they're expanding their size range from double zero all the way up to 28. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, so to get 15% off your purchase of $100 or more, go to modcloth.com. That's M-O-D-C-L-O-T-H.com and enter the code SCHMANNERS at checkout. This offer is valid for one-time use only and expires on August 3rd, 2019. So go to modcloth.com and enter the code SCHMANNERS at checkout. Go! Hey, thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. We took the identifying marks off this podcast. Just tell me your impressions. It's really sexy. My first thought is like, Radiolab? Definitely something popular. Yeah, really popular. A hit show. But funny, too. Like, does Tina Fey have a podcast? Or the Marx Brothers? Yeah, is this podcast Radiolab, but hosted by the Marx Brothers? And sexy, like Sade. It reminds me of Sade. Exactly. And they're all riding in a BMW. Close but not quite. Take a look behind these panels. And then watch this rocket blast off into space. Whoa. 
And there's the pies we made you. <gasps> oh. Now, let's show you the podcast. Oh. Wow, it was Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? Hold on. Oh. Whoa. Ooh. Oh my goodness. That was 514 JD Power and Associates Podcasting Awards. That was really scary. But compelling. I guess I should definitely subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait. Could it be? It's Tights and Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and Fights. Okay, we have a ton of questions, but first, you wanted to talk a little bit about thank you notes. Do they have to be in cursive? Can I print them? What about letters in general? Can I print them? Is it different if I type out a letter and print it on a computer versus handwrite it? Teresa, what? Okay, let's start with the thing I'm absolutely certain of. Even if you type a thank you note, you should sign your name with pen. Okay. Okay? Okay. Now, the other arguments one way or the other, have different merits, okay? I mean, you said earlier that it does show a certain care, certain attention to see someone write out in, you know, their own hand the thank you note. Right. On the other hand, (laughs) You just made yourself laugh and then made yourself really laugh, and I appreciate you a lot. If you are illegibly writing, Uh what's the point? Right. So maybe you need to type it. I do say that two or three sentences handwritten is enough. Mm -hmm. If you need to type, perhaps you should try and make it a little longer, a little more involved, a little more personal. because To balance out. To balance it out. Right. So maybe not just the standard two or three lines should be a little more, you know, informative of or or even like more like correspondence. Mm. So what about if I'm handwriting the letter or the note or whatever? Does it have to be like fancy or cursive or whatever? Can I write in my in my, uh, you know, all caps, uh, uh, you know, uh, print kind of handwriting if the alternative is illegible write in your all caps printed business this is my so this is my feeling about it right and this is me travis McRoy, not an etiquette expert but i would say 
write in your handwriting. Like my handwriting is all caps, print letters, right? If you get a note from me, that's what it looks like. And so to decide to try to write in cursive because that's what it feels like it's, I'm supposed to, it feels weird. You know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. I'm going to write in my form. Okay. Okay. Now, shall we do some questions? Certainly. Yes, let's do it. This is from KB's. I've always been super curious about handwriting analysis, the kind where folks claim to be able to determine someone's personality from handwriting, not the forensic kind. What can you tell us about that? Well, there, I mean, it really is a very pseudoscience. Yeah, it's, it's more it's, of a for fun. Yeah, it's definitely in uh, up to interpretation. But there are perhaps some things that can be gleaned. Like if you put a heart over your eyes, you know, that's, yeah, that's that's a clear and obvious symbol, you know, like, oh, that's nice, you know. Um, Although I could see a very creepy circumstance, like if a serial killer dotted the eyes with hearts, then it maybe wouldn't be so nice. But you know what? That's off topic. It's thought that more outgoing people tend to write in large, dark letters, whereas more shy, introverted people tend to write smaller, uh, I suppose, unless you have a lot to say, right? That makes sense. Um, same thing about spacing. People who leave larger spaces between words are thought to be more independent than people that crowd them together. Maybe it's kind of like like a, if you crowd your words together, it's saying about you, don't look at me, like this is unimportant. I don't know. Or it's saying like, I'm going to crowd my letters together, just like I'd like to be crowded together with people. Maybe. As opposed to saying like, I'm going to make each word stand out, just like I like to stand out. Um, same thing with heavy and light pressure. It might feel, it might appear that if you have heavy pressure, it is something that you feel strongly about. Or you just have big, heavy ham hands like I do. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Whereas, uh, so like that suggests maybe anger or tension or just a big feeling, right? Whereas soft pressure might mean that you're feeling sensitive, or mm. treading lightly about the subject. Sure. Um, you talked about dotting your eyes. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the site that I looked at, and there are lots of these, by the way. It's almost like like dream analysis. Or you like can... we, we talked in the flower <laughs> episode about like what different flowers mean. And it's yeah. like, whatever. Who's saying it is, yeah. is really what it means. Um. If you dot your eyes closely to the actual stick of the eye, it might mean that you are an organized and detail-oriented person. You're like, bah, 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 Whereas if they are further away from the eye, even over another letter, um, that might mean that you are kind of more playful or you are... Um, you know, your brain is thinking faster or even that you're a procrastinator because you wait until you're done with the word to dot it. You know, what's really interesting is like if you think about the phrase, you know, I'm going to dot my I's and cross my T's, right? And make sure mm -hmm. everything's done. That phrase really only makes sense if you know that cursive exists, right? Because the idea sure. is like you connect it all together, you finish the word or you finish the sentence or you finish the document, then you go back through and dot. Because if the whole idea is like you don't lift 
the writing utensil to write the whole word, right? Then to cross T's and dot I's, you have to like go back and do it. Yeah. And so that's why you would go back and make sure you've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's once you were done. Anyways, it's not important. Okay. Another, <laughs> but it makes sense. Yes. Another question. Uh, this is from Mike. What's your stance on how legible a signature should be? A friend who worked at a bank was told to make hers illegible because it's more secure somehow. Are there different rules for famous people who sign autographs? Now, here's the thing, Mike. If you want to get pedantic, there is a difference between your signature and your autograph. Yes. Right? A signature is like, would be your like legally binding. This is, and I almost have like a fingerprint, even though now forensics knows that fingerprints aren't uh, as individual as we once believed. But anyways, it is like your uh, signature is like your script fingerprint of like, this is my signature. And an autograph is, to your point, something that someone can wibble boop and be done quickly so that if they were, like, doing a meet-and-greet signing, they're not having to write their name out each time. That said, I think a lot of people use those words interchangeably, um, and I think in, in modern speech that that's totally fine. Um, I think a signature should be more legible than an autograph. Right. Um, just inherently so. But, you know, we talked about this. Like, why is this signature exist and why do we write it in script? And I think it's because so it's it's the thing that you write most often right. with a pen. And so you would use cursive or script because that's faster. It's faster. And I think it also is more individual. Right. Like the way that you shape a like print T. It's pretty straightforward, you know what I mean? But I think people's, uh, if you're looking at, like, comparing it to a, a different signature, right? Script, I think, is a lot easier to to uh, identify as individual versus print. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it has to be, like, super legible. I think as long as it's the same every time, that's really all that matters. Um, this question is from Ian. Why do doctors have awful handwriting, especially on prescriptions? Now, I uh, we reached out to Dr. Sydney McRoy, our sister-in-law, um, because I had a suspicion, but I wanted it to... So this is her quote. You wanted your suspicion corroborated. Yeah, this is correct. I wanted to be proven right because I'm me. Primarily, it's the... This is from Sydney. Primarily, it's the amount of writing that we have to do relative to the time. The saying is, if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. So we try to write down everything we can, and that leads to sloppy notes. A secondary factor is probably that sloppy handwriting can cover spelling mistakes, and some medical jargon is hard to spell. There is a trade secret for you. Thank you, Sydney. That makes a lot of sense, Ian, especially when you say, especially for prescriptions. Yeah. Like, the spelling of a lot of drugs is weird. Mm -hmm. And so probably if you can get the point across... Right, without having to remember exactly how it spells, like it saves you having to look stuff up every time, right? Because, sure. yeah, that's my bet. Uh, it's not my bet, Sydney told us. <laughs> um, let's see. This is from uh, Luddles. How do you politely tell somebody you can't read their handwriting and you'd like clarification on some on what something says? I can't ever seem to find a way to phrase it that doesn't sound like I'm criticizing them. Oh, boy. I think you're just going to have to let go of that idea of criticism um, because it is not rude to ask for what you need. 
Um, and as long as you don't start it with your handwriting is terrible. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, like it does, it's not it's not criticism. You you need clarification. All you have to do is say, can you clarify this word for me? And I think, you know, we've talked before about I statements. I think say like, I'm sorry, I can't read this. You don't even have to say I'm sorry. Or I can't read this or I can't I can't quite make it out. Like that's the thing is like there's always, you know, social contracts. We all understand. You know, I I guarantee you if someone's handwriting is illegible, they probably know about it by now. Yeah. And so if you say like I can't quite make this out, I I guarantee it's not the first time they've heard it. You know what I mean? I think it's it's one of those things. And that's like saying like if somebody said something and you didn't understand what they said. Exactly. Would you feel bad saying like I'm sorry? Could you repeat that? No. You like. You didn't hear what they said. As long as you didn't say uh, you're terrible at speaking. Yeah, you're I need mumbling. You to say it again. Speak up, saying like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't catch that." If you said like, "I'm sorry, I can't quite make it out," right? You know, yeah. like it's fine, it's fine. Um, Moon Soother asks, "Is it uncouth to write in all caps?" And let me answer that for you. No, <laughs> it shows a refined palate, a discerning taste. You often will even make the first letter bigger. Yeah. And make the smaller, like, they're still capital letters, but they're lower. I have smaller. Uh, what I'm always picturing is, like, at the beginning of, like, re- like what I think about, like, with uh, Canterbury Tales or, like, Robin Hood or whatever, where you have the one, like, almost, like, stained glass uh, capital letter at the beginning of the chapter, right? And then you go into, like, smaller capital letters. After th- that's what I always picture when I do it. Yeah. I, I think that's, like, the beginning of Sword in the Stone, too. Anyways. A uh, lot of those early Disney movies opened with words on a page. Like storybook stuff. But, I, you know, here's the thing. If that's what it takes for it to be legible, I think the only time I would be uh, uh, cautious about it is if you are writing a, a note that is, I don't want to say angry, but maybe not happy, that then how you write it might might convey a tone that you don't necessarily mean, right? That That's the only time that I would worry about it. But if I'm writing a thank you note, and it's like, oh man, this is amazing. I'm not worried about writing in all caps. But if I was like, you know, leaving a note on someone's windshield or something, I don't know, Then then I might... Uh, think about how my all caps would come across if somebody read it out loud. Oh, you know? uh, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a little bit of personality yeah. uh, gleaning as as we talked about that, that pseudoscience. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like, someone might, no, quote, no pun intended, read into it. But, like, that's, you know. So many great puns this episode. I know. It's almost like there's a lot of words to describe writing. <laughs> ah. um, so let me ask you this, Teresa Murray. And this is, we're, we're all wrapped up with questions and stuff. and But this is more prediction. Do you think that as, like, everybody has a tiny computer in their pocket and, like, digital correspondence becomes more and more uh, prevalent, do you think that things like cursive writing and like I already think handwriting is not really taught in schools the way the same way it was when we were in school? Do you think eventually like handwriting will uh, uh, be a lost art? Um, <clears throat> I think that it will probably uh, go out of style in the way of like we don't use typewriters hardly anymore, mm. but we use a computer processor. Um, but 
you i i do think that as long as we continue to try and express our individuality uh-huh it's going to be an art form that's fair um there are actually i i saw uh you know because when you look up this kind of stuff there's there's a lot of debate out there. Should we teach cursive? Should we only teach print? Like, why are schools getting rid of cursive teaching? Things like that. The new wave, uh, as far as education goes, is to teach cursive first. Mm. Because, like I said before, it probably came first. It's a little more intuitive. Um, it's easier because every, at least lowercase letter starts at the same point on the line Mm. whereas with printing you have to start i think i read something like there are seven different start points Mm. so just like the rote memorization that it takes to learn the letters is a lot easier because they all start the same and and end the same i think because they they end at the bottom line too so do i think that it will ever completely disappear no do I think that it will move to a different place in our life? Yes. It's especially interesting if you consider, like, if you look at the way, like, computers and devices have evolved that we're kind of back to tablets now, much like how kids used to learn on, like, chalkboard tablets. Yeah. And now we have, like, computer tablets that you can use a stylus to, like, handwrite on. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting the way it's all kind of cycled back to tablet yeah um okay so that's gonna do it for us thank you for joining us uh bb thank you so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed daniel tiger uh buttercup and lily thank you for scratching at the door we really appreciate you um and you know what everybody just wants to be close to us darling listen i get it yes lily we hear you um so we're gonna wrap up but before we do we want to remind you this week my brother my brother me and the adventure zone are coming to uh nashville tennessee and indianapolis indiana um and schmanners and sawbones are going to be opening for my brother my brother and me in indianapolis and nashville so if you want to get those tickets uh go to mcroy.family and click on tours while you're there if you're a fan of the adventure zone you can get your tickets for our graphic novel book tour coming in mid-July. Uh, we're coming to Portland, Los Angeles. Um, BB found her binoculars and she wants to wear them. Uh, we're going to be in Austin. We're going to be in New York and we're going to be in San Diego. Go get those tickets. The price of the ticket includes a free copy of the uh, graphic novel. And if you're not going to be able to make it to those, you can go to theadventurezonecomic.com and pre-order. Go to. Oh my gosh, things are devolving so I fast. No, it's all melting. <laughs> it's all... Maximumfun.org, check out all the other amazing shows. MacroyMerch.com, check out all the great Macroy merch. What else, Teresa? What am I forgetting? Thank you to Brent, Brental Floss Black, for our writing our theme music. It's available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at us at uh, SchmannersCast. No, don't touch the microphone, honey. And then uh, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography. For the cover banner of the... uh, (laughs) the All BB wants to do is hit the microphone. The Fan Run Facebook group. Yes. That's BB. Schmanners Fanners, which you should join if you want to give and get excellent advice. Uh, Please submit your topic (laughs) request. It's all melting. (laughs) BB, do you want to say hi? Yeah. Say hi. Hi. Hi, BB. Please submit your topic request to 
Manorscast at gmail.com. Okay. BBUSA, bye. Say bye to everybody. Bye, everybody. All right, that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RCP required. Manners, schmanners. Get, Get it. it. <laughs>